This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. This episode of SFFEA is brought to you by Dragons in Our Midst, a series from Brian Davis. With over 600,000 books sold, the best-selling Dragons in Our Midst YA series has been compared to the writings of Tolkien, Lewis, Verne, and is both a hair-raising modern-day adventure and a glimpse into another world, a world steeped in knights, dragons, and Arthurian legends that has gripped fans across generations. All four books in the Dragons in Our Midst series are available now from Wander and from your favorite booksellers. Again, that's Dragons in Our Midst, a series by Brian Davis. Welcome to SFF Yeah, a podcast dedicated to all things science fiction and fantasy. This is episode 115, and we are recording on October 14th. I'm Jen Northington, and I'm here with special guest Jeff O'Neill of the Book Riot podcast. Hello, Jeff. Uh, I, I couldn't be more excited to be here. Uh, well, tell them what we're doing today. Why, why am I here today? Yes. Other so than you need Sharifa, a guest. Other than, yeah, other than yeah. Sharif is on vacation, and <laughs> Jeff and I were already plotting talking about the Foundation series from Apple TV+. Plus. So that's what we're going to do today. <clears throat> A day long anticipated, I have to say. I, so, yeah. I I cannot wait to dive into this because you and I have very different histories with Foundation, mm-hmm. and I and and also I have not reread the book, and you have. So like we I have, have, we're gonna have so much to talk about. So much. All right. Well, let's get rid of the. Let's clear the table. We got stuff to do. Yes. We got we got food yes. to eat. Let's let's get this stuff off the table here. That's right. So our very first reminder is that Ray Bearer by Jordan Ifwaco is our book club pick. And if you are reading along, you're going to want to have that finished by October 31st. Our discussion will drop in November. First show of November will be that discussion. We're super excited about it. If you finish early and want to send in notes, uh, please feel free to do that. We will talk about them on the show if we get them. That is uh, email is the best way to do that. SFFYeah at bookriot.com. And October is our 10th anniversary. Unbelievable I know. Jeff, 10 years. Woo! <laughs> so to celebrate, we are running a limited edition merch line, which has hoodies and sweatshirts and totes and more, all in our sig- signature logo colors and with the Book Riot branding. That yellow is just the best thing ever. It's a really good yellow. Is y'all. that a golden uh, rod? What would you call that, Jen? Oh, do you do, are you I, a Panatone expert? Or how do I, you do this? I'm not an expert, but I am a fan. I think goldenrod is a pretty, it's like a sunshine yellow, perhaps. Yeah. Goldenrod right. is a good descriptor too. So the line is only available through October. Go to bookriot.com slash merch to check it out. I'm so right. looking forward to replacing my hoodie. I, I've had the old <laughs> style hoodie that is now threadbare and has seen better oh. days. I need something. I need something else. I know. I am really excited for the crew neck sweatshirt. I don't, yeah. I don't own enough of those. So, well, so we have a teensy tiny bit of news, but before we get into that, we will do our sponsor, the original glitch by Melanie Moyer. 
In the aftermath of his mentor's death, grad student Adler is left to piece together and clean up the project she left behind, an adaptive and increasingly malevolent artificial intelligence kept locked in a virtual box that's no longer quite enough to keep him in check. As he tries to manage the AI and continue Dr. Kent's research, Adler soon discovers her sociopathic creation is determined to escape his enclosure to wreak havoc on the outside world. This is like a whole AI Pandora's box Mm. vibe, isn't it? Uh, So this is set against the backdrop of a grad program in a small college town and wrestles with that transitional personal coming of age period in the early and mid 20s. It is also a contemporary take on Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. So humans playing God, artificial intelligence, et cetera, et cetera. What do you do with an evil AI? So if you are interested in all of those questions, which I bet you are, that again is The Original Glitch by Melanie Moyer. All right. So the one single piece of news that we're doing today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, in all fairness, like of all the pieces of news that could get in the way of our foundation, this this is for me, at least as a guest on the show, this is a big deal. This is a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's an extremely big deal. So the Hollywood Reporter uh, reported on by Boris Kitt has the announcement that Saga is coming back in mm. January 2022. This is, ext- I mean, four years. We've been waiting for literally four years. 2018 was when they hit pause on the series. Jeff, have what's your Saga relationship? I love Saga. I've read a big chunk of it. As we were saying before the show, and this is on me, don't at me, comics people. I, I know it's it's me. I forget. I get lost. I, I, I wander off. Yeah. There hasn't been an issue for a while. I did Saga for a while as uh, a digital comics. I was late mm. to it. So I think I came during, I don't know, volume two or something like that. But then when I like, they had a very beautiful hardcover of volume one, which I bought. I gave it as a gift to my brothers at one point. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to wait till there's volumes out and do it on one go. And I can sit down and have a very nice Saturday catching up with Saga. But then I lose track of, is there a new mm. one out? What happens? I'm not reading issue by issue. I couldn't tell you right now, Jen. I'm reading a little bit this. Apparently, there's a, the, a cliffhanger that was at the end of the last issue that was published in 2018. I, I couldn't. What's the cliff? I don't. I don't remember. I don't know if I'm there. I'm out. I just. I don't know. Which is, I don't know. That's just where I am. Though I am excited. It'll give me a chance to go back and read it. Nice thing about comics, generally speaking. I mean, if it's X Men, have fun. I could go back and read it all in a weekend mm-hmm. at this point because you can mm-hmm. go. So that that is a nice that's piece. What about you, Jen? Where are you on Saga? What's your take on this? So I'm a I'm a big fan, but I too had fallen off because I like I moved and I lost my mm-hmm. local comic shop that I was getting the floppies from. And then I was like, do I switch to trades? But then I like couldn't remember which trades I had, and which trades I didn't have. And then I right? did it a while and then I forgot. Like I just had a whole and I honestly could not have told you how far I got. But this is so like the world sometimes works in this way. I was in an indie bookstore a couple weeks ago picking up a gift for my niece's birthday. And right there on the shelf was the giant compendium. It's like a $60 paperback that has all of the the run thus far in it. it wait, it has and the I whole was thing? Like, one, one to it has the whole thing. Oh, I need that. Yeah. I'm going to buy that. I'm going to buy that. I can't not buy it. Like, it's sitting yeah. right there. I have to buy it. And then this news dropped. So I was like, well, this is perfect, right? Like, now... Mm-hmm. So I'm about three quarters of the way through the compendium. 
And I could not tell you what issue that is because they don't break it up that way. Exactly. I mean, they do, but I'm not paying attention. It's a a mess. Um, I don't know what to. I'm sorry, comics. This is a mess. I don't know. I try. I I, I try so hard, but like, (laughs) I can't make this a part time gig to keep track of where I'm in Paper Girls. You know, that's that. That's there's a compendium that's coming out in November. That's the whole run of Paper Girls, which I really liked. But like this Mm -hmm. and like uh, Giant Days. Uh, right, you know, oh, or the Black Panther days. run by Coates. I was mm-hmm. like, I forgot where I was, and I, I just give me the whole thing at the end. That's O'Neill's razor yeah. anyway. I'm waiting till the end. Give me the whole thing. <laughs> so according to that, I should wait. I shouldn't even get on this train. Just Fiona and Brian say when, and I will buy the thing, and you can get the money, and I can just do it all at one time. So anyway, yeah. But I'm excited so, to see. So the piece says that they are going to do 54 more issues, that they've always envisioned it as 108 issues. So we're halfway uh, done. We're halfway done. So we're halfway done. And I feel like I, I there's like a lot of hubris in being like, and now we will do another 54 <laughs> issues on time, no problem. And I'm like, oh, will that happen? January but 1st, I, I'm going to start exercising for real this time. It's yeah. going to happen and everything, I'll be fine. But I'm excited, and they in this Hollywood Reporter story also has a uh, like a cover in it, and I mm. do not recognize some of those people, probably because I'm not caught up yet, or also possibly because they're new. Who knows? So I am all I'm I will be caught up before this drops, and I'm super excited about whatever <sighs> well, happens that's next. Really also, interesting. I have to decide because if if I get on the horse and read them all, it would be fun to do a before this new drops, where are we with Saga? Halfway check yeah. in. It's some you could do it on the other show or do something else. But that mm-hmm. would, I would enjoy a conversation about Saga. I mean, interesting, we're talking about foundation today and an adaptation to at large. Rebecca and I did a segment a while ago. I think as we were getting ready, or maybe it was you and I, Jen, talking about the fall of No, it was Sharifa. Sharifa was visiting. So it was one of you SFYA yeah, folks that yeah. was over. We were talking about the great adaptation. Uh, fall that's happening right now, especially of Dune yeah. and Foundation, and talking about what's left. What are what right. are the what are the other fruits on the tree to be plucked and turned into prestige, quasi prestige mm. television? And I think for me, I would be most excited now about a big saga one. It sold a oh. bunch. I mean, I think that's the other piece. This has sold I seven million know. copies. It could be a mess. But it could be, there's a lot in it that if someone is trying to do, which I think this is one of my notes for today, everyone's trying to do another Game of Thrones. And I think Saga has more of that DNA in it. And we could talk about what that may or may not look like, may or may not be good. But this is what's out there. What else is Mm. out there that people have ever have any relationship to at scale? I think this is it. It's so, the visuals though, I, that makes me extremely nervous. I'm not saying it doesn't make me nervous, Jennifer Northington. (laughs) I'm very nervous. I am a prude and there's a lot of non-prude content in Saga. Well, that that is true. (laughs) (laughs) But also just like, are they going to do prosthetics or like a lot of CGI for some of this stuff? Like that's, that's where my brain immediately taps out. Um, But not to, though, I would love like an anime series of Saga. That that probably makes more sense. That makes a lot. And I think Vaughn and Staples have said that they don't want to do an adaptation. I'm sure they've gotten authors. I'm sure someone has bracked up the Brinks truck to them, said, give us whichever one and you can show run, you know, whatever. Knowing what Goyer got and Apple got for the budget for Foundation it's the most expensive thing I've ever seen on television. I yeah. think at this point, I can only imagine that they could get a hundred million dollar deal to make twenty episodes. I, I wouldn't be shocked at all. Fewer, at more at this point. The stakes are so wild for for these prestige next franchise things on these streaming platforms that they're paying strategic money 
like Apple will lose $2 billion on a thing if they think it'll get right. us to talk about Apple, which it is. And you could lose $2 billion on Saga easily. You could easily. Yeah, easily. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm so excited to see this. Well, I okay. So I realized we like didn't give any context because I just oh. assumed that everybody knows what Saga is. But okay, I wondered. So for, I don't to, know. I, may, I thought maybe on this rewind, show it was taken as read. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, we. I try not to assume because not everybody's read everything. Yeah, I just yeah, yeah. got carried away. So Saga is a comic, as you might have gathered, mm-hmm. that follows two people who ha- were on opposite sides of a war, um, Marco and Alana, and they met actually when Marco was captured and in a, in a POW camp that Alana was uh, like patrolling. And they went on the run together and had a baby, Hazel. And Hazel is like the beating heart slash focal point of this intergalactic political extremely diverse in so many ways uh like romp slash will rip your heart out and jump on it repeatedly story it's it's like people always compare it to star wars and that it feels like a galaxy that's like been lived in and dinged up Mm -hmm. and like kicked around a bunch like it has a lot of grit to it it also has like a ton of you know sexual content sexual violence there's all kinds of political machinations war crimes like you name it it's in here they're really not pulling any punches and i think it's i think it's i mean i will say on the reread i think a lot of it it's holding up really well that's great so yeah yeah, there's a few things that i'm like i don't love that but uh on the for the most part it's holding up well so if you have not read saga now would be a great time to start so there's that. It, I mean, it's kind of there in the title, right? Saga. It's kind of every yes. story kind. All I mean, at various issues, various runs, you have mysteries and revenge and romance and political and military and family yeah. stories. It really yes. is a an amazing compendium of narrative choices and, and opportunities yes. and exploration. I, there's nothing like it, to, to my mind. And again, I'm not as well read across the science fiction and fantasy genre as a probably I'm sure c- certainly you and Sharifa, but certainly amongst your listeners as well. But in my mind, there's nothing really like it. I've recommended to all kinds of readers, unless you're just totally turned off by graphic novels writ large. I think it's worth trying. You're It's going to be eye opening. It's going to, it's going to take you places you've never been and shown you images that you've never seen. Um, some of them you maybe wish you hadn't seen. That's part right, of the experience right. as well, but then beautiful moments of tenderness and pain and pathos that, Mm-hmm. Are singular in my reading experience over the last you know twenty years. Honestly, I, that's that sounds like a lot, but Saga's a lot. I don't know what else to tell folks, Jen. No, you're you're right, and it was it was the especially when I was first you know getting into comics and more into the comic scene, and you know we were writing mm-hmm. about comics more on that's book right. riot back in the day. It's it is like a gateway comic. Like so many people, I think have come to comics, whether they're indie or you know the big Marvel, DC, etc. Mm-hmm. But if you if you haven't ever read comics before, it was it is a great introduction to what the genre can do at its you know among its best. So yeah. Uh, also, a yeah. hard place to start, and, though, because where are you going to go? I bet that's yes. another. Well, <laughs> right. It's true. It, it is sort of singular. It's not a yeah. lot like much else. So, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah. So, Brian K. Vaughn is really having a moment, you know. Uh, oh, my God. Why the Last Man is on TV and, you know, he's got a billion other comics going. He's he's doing some things. And Fiona Staples' art. Oh, my gosh. Fiona Staples. We haven't talked enough about the art. Genius. The art is it's unbelievable. So good. I'm not the kind of person that would, you know, like generally think like I need a, I need a, like a profile of Batman yeah. on my wall, dri- 
uh, drawn by a particular artist. But this the staple Stapleonian Stapelsian vibe <laughs> of like these generally pretty lanky angular profile mm-hmm. diverse body. I mean, you know, ram horns, prosthetic legs, bare church TV for a head. It's like yep. it's a dream. There's like a dream like yes. element to it that. Is its own. It's again. It's its own thing. Some of the more double image you will find, and I, I think that's one of the things too. When I think about an adaptation, striking visuals, singular visuals that would like look like nothing else you've seen. And maybe one of my critiques of Foundation is like insert generic science fiction fantasy universe and vibe. Saga mm. would not. Saga would not do that. I don't mm-hmm. think. At least if it's mm-hmm. done. At least if it's done how I would. I would hope it would. Yeah. Be done, yeah. So. Well, that that feels like the right segue to get into. Did you like our that? I put that down chat. for you. I'm so, so. glad. That <laughs> Thank out. you. So let's let's do our next sponsor and then we'll really dive in here. Let's go. Uh, so, oh, this is I'm excited to read an ad for this. As y'all know, this was one of our book club consideration picks. It's Light from Uncommon Stars by Rika Aoki, which I have read and loved. They're pitching it. Oh, it's, it's Tor Books is the publisher and they're pitching it as Good Omens meets The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet, which is, you know, doing a lot, but not I don't I don't think they're wrong. <laughs> It is a very joyful but also very real adventure in California's San Gabriel Valley. It's got cursed violins and Faustian bargains and queer alien courtship over fresh-made donuts. It is so it is really a love letter to the San Gabriel Valley specifically and the immigrant Asian culture there. Um it's about people saving each other and how you process trauma and like find family who will love you for who you are. It's just so good. Um, A lot of SFF authors have also expressed love for this book from TJ Clune and Becky Chambers to John Scalzi and Charlie Jane Anders and yours truly. Not not that I'm on the same level as those people, but come on, Jen, come on. It's real. It's real good. So again, that is Light from Uncommon Stars by Rika Aoki. And you can pick that up and read it now. Thanks to tour books all right so Jeff, okay let's, let's start it here we go let's start at the beginning tell us your foundation origin story i don't want to be too unkind to my 14 year old self oh. um <laughs> but this is this is one of those books that if you read i think especially if you're a dude because we can talk about the gender stuff there's actually mm. not that much to talk about it's all dudes except for one woman <laughs> who is mollified by a dress in the book in the, the TV show, different story, but I'm talking about the book here. It's about a, it's an idea book. It is in a lot of ways. I don't think the politics are nearly as dangerous and um, uh, sort of a warning sign for humanity if someone says it's th- their favorite book is The Fountainhead. But it can mm. do that kind of thing to you if you read Foundation at a certain age, because now you understand about history, psychology, social movements the future mm. and what should be done. It's it's very, very attractive to smart people who don't know anything. Um, <laughs> and it's it can be attractive to other people too, but it can be very like all-consuming. And I think that's that's one of its legacies. And I actually think, though Asimov is not a great guy, and we can link to things that he's done and what he's done to women, especially over past, is not a great guy. But yeah. I don't think he's to blame for what people do with Foundation. I think it's a fascinating book, especially when you realize... It was 1942 is when these started. It's an unbelievable achievement mm. in terms of thinking about how society is put together. But for me, when I encountered it first, it was like, I didn't know 
I didn't know genre could do this. I didn't know books could do this. What is this? It's experimental. And I didn't know at the time that it's essentially eight, I think, is short stories that were published over a series of eight years put into a book and called a novel or whatever. But it's not that. It's a series of vignettes. Mm. Um, but I didn't know you could do this. I, I, it, was, it felt very literary to me and as a pretentious jerk in my own way, a very kind <laughs> and gentle one, but a pretentious jerk in my own way, it felt revelatory about a merging of genre and seriousness and scope. It didn't do a lot of things I was used to seeing. It doesn't really care about plot. doesn't mm. really care about character. It cares mm. mostly about ideas and big, big ideas and big, big sweeps of history. So I was very swept up. It, it continues to be something I think about a lot over time when I'm comparing something or thinking about something. As I became a more educated person, I could see the... I think I think I could see the influences that I didn't even know it had at the time, but I actually realized after the fact that I could see like Edward Gibbon's Decline and Fall of the mm-hmm. Roman Empire, Thucydides' um, The Peloponnesian War, and it's it's doing something very fascinating. And over time, I haven't reread it in a long time. I probably the last time was probably twenty years ago because I'm an old person now. But mm. I reread it this this month in anticipation of this, and frankly, just because I wanted to reread it before the show got started. I think it retains a lot of its power, but it also does feel like a museum piece and it was of in its time and it made some mistakes and things you would do differently now, I would hope. But also I think the core ideas are pretty cool. And mm. I don't know, that that's kind of where I am. Uh, what's your what was your pre-existing condition when it comes to foundation? Yeah. Like you, I read it as a tweener teen yeah. and I also thought I now I knew everything. Yeah, you right? do. Like of course you read you do. A, an Asimov book and you know everything. Right. Uh, and I was very I mentioned this when I was writing up the trailer. Like I was very drawn to this idea of psychohistory and yeah. like it's not a surprise that I later became a history major. And I also have a very like now I am ashamed to say, but I had a really intense relationship with Ayn Rand's work at the same time. So like this is yes. all part of my it's DNA. All, it's all there. It's, it's like it's off the shelf worldview ready to go yeah, yeah it's just right there so i'm glad that i grew out of it but mm-hmm. uh and and now renounce it entirely but um but you know you go through these moments as as a tween and a teen until you have more context for the world and more experience so i but i don't i i and i i could not tell you how many of them i read right because there there's oh. that original but then they it's <laughs> right. a whole series there's yes. like eight of them maybe now and um, then he, and asimov got to the end of the foundation series didn't know where to go this this is what his wife said posthumously so he went back to write prequels because he didn't know where right. else to take the story right. you know pre-selden right. and foundation so it's a mess and as it, the timeline is all over the place for yeah. the as for the he even says if you try to look for consistency good luck because i wasn't i didn't have like a google doc somewhere right. keeping track of when stuff happens so it's it's a yeah. messy world um, yeah. Sure. So, and I thought I remembered a specific scene that I also mentioned in the trailer about like, or in my trailer write up about making soap and like learning how to make soap from scratch. And like, now I'm wondering if I conflated this with another We Must Save Civilization by Saving mm. All Knowledge book that I surely exists and that I might have read around the same right. time, but who knows. But regardless, I remember the impact it had on me, but I don't remember any specifics and I have not reread. I have not reread any Asimov ever. Like I yeah. read some Teen Tween, and then I have not picked it up since. So, I think that's fair. I mean, that's totally fair. Like you got the vibe. I think comparing it to like reading history is the way to understand the reading experience, mm. especially where again it's weird because you don't character is not the thing. You don't care what ha- happens to Salvor Hardin or even Harry Seldon in the book. You you don't. Mm. You care about what are these macro galactic forces happening 
And does it play out? And what's the the future history of the empire and the foundation? The foundation and empire are the characters, for lack of a right. there are the things that you follow, which is weird, right? That's like reading history. It's like, what's right. happening to America? What's right. happening to Weimar Germany? I think I hadn't ever put this together before, and I'm sure it's been written about ad nauseum and as, as mono, the Asimov, like fandom, acad- I'm sure there's branches of academia devoted to foundation and Asimov as well. But like you could understand in 1942 why it might be interesting to think about are there things we could do to predict the future enough to avoid the worst crap happening? Mm, Right. mm. You know, it's very easy to see like, boy, it seems like we could have figured out that what we did and what happened in world war one and what's going on with Germany in the thirties would led to some pretty bad stuff happening. And maybe we could have done something else to avoid that stuff happening. And the emergence of the social sciences and economics, um, uh, cultural history writ large. History is not something that just future or backwards looking, but something that can inform the present. Like this idea that maybe the future is knowable and therefore influenceable in a grand scale is not something that really was out there in a big way. And it influenced a lot of fe- people like Paul Krugman, who's a, a columnist for the New York Times, Nobel Prize winning economics, said one mm. of the reasons he got into economics because it was the closest thing he saw to psychohistory after reading Foundation. <laughs> And for better wow. or worse, you know, talk about influence being a double-edged sword. Yeah. That's a thing that's out there. Like Elon Musk put a copy in Foundation that stupid car he shot into space. Like these are the <laughs> kinds of these are the kind of influences that Foundation has. And it's not all at Foundation's fault, but it's the power of these ideas and how new they were to a mass yeah. audience, uh, especially. And, and they're seductive, I should say, uh, yes. in their own way. So. so so would you recommend at this point in time that people read the books? That's a great question. I mean, there's some of, look, if you go into it with a modern sensibility about inclusion at all, you've got to know what you're getting into. Yeah. It's, it doesn't, I don't know what the racial dynamics of this world are. I assume, Asimov assumed they're all white people because that's what you, that's what people like him wrote about into in 1942. I think there is one woman who gets a speaking role, and I'm not joking when I say that her role is to be mollified by a fancy tech dress. Like, she comes in saying, what are you doing? And then someone gives her a text dress and she walks away. Everything else is dudes. Yeah. But I will say this, that because it's so evacuated from like specific interpersonal dynamics, mm. like it isn't problematic in any particular way other than, you know, it's all, I mean, other than what I've just said, it, it, it ages like reading a history ages because that's how it's re- it's like reading a history of the future that hasn't happened yet. That's right, the reading right. experience. If you care if you're a plot reader, if you're a character reader, you're not going to get it. If you're interested in form and experimental and just like things that are influential, it's pretty cool, I think still. It's pretty interesting. It's still unlike other things that I've read. Um hmm. ma- mostly because you would people would call you out for just straight up copying foundation like this idea of like we're going to drop in every 100 years on what's going on with the foundation. Right. It's I don't know. I I don't know. I actually don't know if I'd recommend it. I don't know. I think it's a fascinating document. I also know this about myself, Jen. I'm more interested in things writ large than the average person. So I really have to be jazzed about something to recommend it to other people. So right. I, I guess I guess maybe that means no. I, I, th- I don't think I would necessarily, from a pure pleasure of the text point of view, recommend yeah. it. Yeah. I guess that's where I ultimately end up. No, that's I fair. That's fair. It's it. an artifact. If you're interested in artifacts, you is. could you could yeah. check it out. Yeah. Uh, so okay. So let's now non spoiler. Overall, and now at this time of this recording, we've only had what four episodes yes. of the show. We're halfway is that right? through season one. We're halfway and it's been renewed for season, season two. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, would you, as a fan of the original, or just generally recommend that people watch the show? 
the end um, of the question. Jen, I literally have no idea. I literally have no, I, no, I, I'm not trying to pass the buck, but I literally have no idea because yeah, here's the thing. Yeah. Rebecca asked me the same thing. I was just recording the Book Riot podcast. Rebecca, I told her we we're doing this. She's like, I'm so excited to hear. Would you recommend the show? And I'm like, um, <laughs> well, and, and the caveat here, and I don't, I don't think this is a spoiler because if you've read the book, theoretically you're spoiled, right? Mm. In, if, but that's only the case if the TV show has more than a passing inspiration by the book, which right. this show does not. Okay. Right? I Well, this was going to be one of my questions for you is yeah. that we do later is how closely are they mapping? Because I remember nothing. So I have no well, idea. Well, I don't want to spoil it because then we get into things. But I don't, yeah, I yeah. can't evaluate if it's a if it's a good hang of its own if you have no experience of the book. I, I okay. Michelle didn't watch okay. with me. I don't know if Roger was, if Roger read the book. I'd be, we I need do a civilian have to, to be say like, about that. I, I do. <laughs> I don't know what a civilian would make of this. I couldn't shed the well, this isn't foundation, or this didn't happen. This is a character that's not... I couldn't shake that enough right. to like evaluate it in its own terms. I've got some things I like about it, but I, I literally don't know. It is amazing production design. If you care about eye candy, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, from a story point of view, I don't think the story is holding up because it's yeah. kind of trying to do two things at once, be foundation and also have character, and I don't think it's doing either of them particularly well right now is where I'm coming down. So I have to agree with you. My like limited review is a if you are not in it for the experience. Like yes. Roger peaced out after two episodes. He was like, "I don't." I, that makes sense. I feel to me. like I walked into. He, so my partner Roger is he likes good stuff is how he likes to say. It, which okay, let's all acknowledge that good is a subjective term. But he likes he things. That he he will like things he, if if they're he likeable. will like things. He's not genre specific. He mm-hmm. will like a thi- he will like a thing that's a mystery. He will like a thing that's a sci fi. But it has to be the right kind of thing. Okay. So and this is it is beautifully produced. And all of the actors are doing a great job with what they are given. I agree with that. But he was like, I can't follow. I feel like I walked into a conversation. Nobody is explaining anything to me. I don't know who any of these people are. And I can't figure out what's going on. So he peaced out after two episodes. I mean, that would have been my guess. I can't disagree with it. And I no shade to Roger, but a generically interested, smart person who is a catchable fish. right? Yes. Would be like. What is happening? Yeah. And I I consider myself a very savvy watcher. I mean, listen, we're on a show called SFF. That's yeah, right. like we dissect this stuff all the time. So let's now we're gonna get into spoilers. Jeff, I was just like, I am struggling. I struggle here. I can only imagine. They are not signposting time jumps. I can't tell because certain characters are playing the same. Like Lee Pace, which which brother day is he at any given moment? I have no clue i I don't know (laughs) i don't know why anybody's doing anything that they're doing like the character motivations are completely opaque to me it's i just it's not i nothing is making sense the central question i think you you touched on there is what are you supposed to do with your eye hands right this is an inside joke between us but but where am i supposed to put my eye heart my eye feelings my eye care like which football do i care like where's hazel to use the saga right that's right and right. in the book, it is the it's, it is what's going to happen to the empire, and will you know foundation do the job of foundation? And mm. you drop in for these specific sort of flashpoints in the history to see how it plays out. Was Selden sort of right, and how do you know, and all the stuff that goes in there? But I think that 
is in conflict directly with what makes for the kind of TV foundation is trying to be. And I'm just going to put this right out there. Everyone is looking for the next Game of Thrones. Yes. Right? That's what's happening. I think the reason this is signed for $10 billion or whatever it is and has this production budget and gets David Goyer on board and we're everyone's looking for the next Game of Thrones. But what Game of Thrones does is very hard to do. And just mm-hmm. like there's a bunch of corpses on the doorsteps of people trying to be Hunger Games and Harry Potter, we're, right. we have a body count now. And I think, unfortunately, yeah. Foundation is a body count to that because it doesn't have... I don't know that it takes courage. It doesn't want to just make a foundation. It doesn't want to do an anthology series like a Black Mirror where you right. drop in and you just a little vignette about the history. And like, it doesn't want to do that. It wants to have characters that you care about and relationships that you care about and stakes that you care about. But it also wants to do this foundation stuff about psychobabble history over billions of years or thousands yeah. of years. And I, I think it's being rent in two by that tension. And mm. it doesn't do either of them well. It doesn't do, can we predict the future? Isn't this fascinating? And it doesn't say, like, do we care about Lee Pace being the 14th Cleon and what's going on right. with his android helpmeet? And then we've got these people and Salvor Hardin, and then we put Rach in a, the, we fridged her kind of weirdly in a, in a uh, variant. Gail, we fridged Gail, yeah, yeah. Or, or, I'm sorry, now I'm getting my characters confused. Yeah, and yeah. I just like, I don't know we what We have Rach committing an extreme act of violence for apparently no reason. I Which mean, we, I guess maybe we could come back to, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I think we have, yes, well, I guess at the yes. end of- Episode four, we're like now cutting back to her being on ice and yeah, she's going to come is, in and is, help stuff. Yeah, floating around in a, in a tube for reasons we still don't understand. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I think that's a well put thought about the tension because one of my biggest problems with actually the last two episodes that mm. I watched was like, I can't tell what time I'm in. No. Like they, they Terrible open job. it up with, you know, especially cause you're using these three actors for the emperor. Yes. Over and over again, which, okay, fine. Like the clone emperor concept is an interesting one. I'm, I think like, my favorite part of the show, I'll just put out there the Lee Pace clone emperor. Uh, he's dynamic. great. Lee Pace is great. And also, so for are those the of you other listening, just to put a pin on a sorry, Jen, a complete yeah. invention. Nothing close to this is in so. the book. I thought no, nothing, so. Yeah. There is the empire is just this giant amorphous entity. There is no emperor that has any speaking roles whatsoever. The empire is just out there. It's like the empire of Star Wars. If there were no Darth Vader or Emperor um, Palpatine, <laughs> it's just like this military, industrial, commercial, religious complex. So right. a complete fabrication, which is fine. I I think it's saying something. My favorite part of the show is not in the book. That I'll yeah. you know, do that with you. Will you're right, but what are you supposed to do? It does to, to follow up. I completely understand that, and I reround several times because they do a little thing. Nineteen years in the past, a hundred years earlier, and you're like you're thirty seconds in, but you don't get any. You don't have anything to hold on to. You really no, don't have no. anything to hold on to. Yeah, it's and it's tough. just, it's so confusing. So I spend half of the episode not actually paying attention, but just trying to figure out what I'm watching as yeah. opposed to like letting it develop. And again, I consider myself a pretty go with the flow, but you have to, you're not meeting me halfway. Like you have to give me enough to move on with. And I just, I just don't, I'm not getting it. Now, that being said, the thing that is, I like I will finish watching it a because I'm mm-hmm. really dying to see if they manage to tie it all together mm-hmm. in a way that like at least somewhat makes up for the confusion 
of yeah. being in the middle of a season. But B, it's hard to not love. I mean, I struggle not to love some of the characters that are they're giving me, even despite the little that I'm getting of them. Like, I think Gail is an amazing character. You know, her backstory yeah. um, and and then her evolution as like, a, you know, to go from a heretic on one planet to, you know, the secondary leader and then primary leader of this well secondary leader of this other mission and you know and and then Harden Salvor Harden's character like those these actors are doing so much they are trying so So hard to bring us in and to give us somebody to cheer for and I think they are being hampered by the the pacing and the the plot writing I don't even know what I'm just like moving my hands around because if 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 you follow my thesis that the central characters of the book are foundation and empire which right. are not people then they only have a tangential they're they're only little blips right it's they're mm. only little blips in the story and that's how they're presented like salvor harden has this little vignette and he in the book it's a he um mm-hmm. which fine whatever it, i i don't remember the actress's name the actors are all i think all the acting is wonderful i mean jared harris yes. is doing I probably so have cast him myself as Harry Seldon, yeah. um, frankly. Leah Harvey is the actress playing Salvador Yeah, Leah Harden. Harvey's fantastic. And um, there's a lot of interesting stuff going on, but it almost just needs to shake off that it's called foundation. <laughs> like, it needs to shake off this other thing and let it let it do, because, like, there's this vault or whatever, yeah. this triangle flight is of the navigator. Is that in the books? No! Okay. <laughs> I kept wondering. I was like, maybe the reason I don't understand the no. show is because Here, I listen, haven't read Jen, the book. Listen. The most interesting stuff in the in the series is not in the book. And I'll tell you what they are. I, and I, you've already gotten there. The Lee Pace, Cleon the Third, Triumvirate, Brother Day, Brother Dusk, Brother Dawn. Very cool idea that mm-hmm. Cleon the First, they perfected cloning technology. You know what? I'm just going to be Emperor forever, but it's going to be future versions of me. And at any given time, there's going to be three of me because I want right. the old wise version to have some experience. I want the middle throne, which is a cool phrase, like right out of game, yeah. like this idea of the middle throne, who's like Brother Day, who's in charge of the three, and then Brother Dawn, who's being brought up. So mm-hmm. there's a like weird like brother, but they're me dynamics. It's like really yes. interesting. I've never seen anything like it. And Lee Pace is just fun to watch. And mm-hmm. it's like kind of a perfect Lee Pace role where he's sort of like cold, but warm and authoritative and a jerk, but you can't help but like him. Like it's a wonderful, yes. beautiful casting. Okay, he's great. The stuff about Rach and Gail, nothing. Mm-hmm. That, that not that they're in there, but they're just sort of like they're kind of like R two D two in Star Wars. Like they're just a way of getting to Selden and like seeing the right. world. Have no plot importance whatsoever. Certainly no love interest. Certainly no one stabs anyone and then gets right. put into um, a tube. It gets put into the the uh, Ted Williams the Walt Disney yeah. head chamber into yeah, space for right. some reason uh, with the beacon, the vault, whatever yeah. that thing is. Not there at all. Salvor Hardin is just a. a a very clever functionary bureaucrat, mm. no special powers, no rifles, mm. no fixing things. And the Anacreons and the Thespian, the, the Tranter space bridge, yeah. not in there at all. Like that's all. Wow. None of that's in. None of that is in. I cannot describe. So like the whole how, show basically is whole not sh- in That's there. what I'm saying. Like if you, if you put those pieces and recombine them without the handcuffs of the, or maybe the weight, if you could get that yeah. weight off of it. I think you've got something cool of like empire crumbling and this outpost out there that's trying to survive and maybe can be a better future. And mm-hmm. then you don't have to worry about Selden and all the psycho. We haven't even got to s- spoilers again. We even got to the place in the book where Selden's ghost or hologram projection appears right. to like sp- 
spur people on. Maybe that's the vault. Maybe it's not. I, I don't like it's it's a completely fascinating mess to me. That's my I I'm completely riveted, but sort of in a meta way about what right. is what is happening. With this show. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, and, and you know, to say some more about the things that are yeah. are working, I think it's an extremely diverse cast racially. Yeah. Yeah. It is, and they have gender bent several characters, mm-hmm. right? So we have, you know, uh, all kinds of, of good inclusion on those two levels. Right. I think gender and then race, they've, they've done a good job. I wish that they had gone. So I, I think I can say that's great. And I wish that they had gone so far as to give us more body representations, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody is very pretty and very svelte. Uh, yeah. There's no apparently there's no disabled people in the future. Surprise. Um, Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we're not seeing any any queerness either, which is a little bit of a surprise to me, honestly, because if you can if you can get into your head to do like colorblind casting and and, you know, and you're adding emotional relationships, I'm a little surprised we haven't seen any of that yet. Now, maybe we'll see something down Mm -hmm. the line. We're only halfway through the season, but these are just some things that I noticed, but but yes, the the gender and the and the or well the male female. Let's mm-hmm. see, let's we've only got two of the genders on there right. um, so far. Uh, that representation and then the racial stuff is 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 interesting. You know, it's basically mm-hmm. like a it appears to be actually a colorblind society, like a post racial society. Everybody, yeah, I'm not. That's a great question. I mean, in in foundation, there's like. Asimov is completely uninterested in like speciesism, race of different kinds right. across the galaxy. Like there's a weird sort of religious homogeny across the galaxy. Like there's this mm. one religion that becomes interesting and useful. And you're getting a little bit of a taste of that in the series as well. I agree that I think that it is it is colorblind in a way that is like first wave inclusion almost yes, in a way. Because that's right. The, the that's colors right. don't... They're different, but they don't, they don't mean, mean anything. anything. Which, yeah, that's right. Okay, I guess is better than all white people, but there's there's ways you could go, and I think one of my yeah. other, I don't know. Again, they've 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 already greenlit series two, and I think this is like in poker a follow up bet. You made a big bet, and you're in the hand right. now, so you might as well put. I will say this though, that the second book in the Foundation series is much more conventional in terms of a story, and that's mm. my favorite part of the Foundation stuff, other than the big ideas where. I don't want to spoil anything, but there's a there's a name drop in the opening like monologue. Also, the the voiceovers doesn't do us any help because like it's oh, to help I was us. gonna say that. Yeah, I just I don't understand. It's just like here are some words about some things. They're trying to they help have us. No I relationship think, with I think they're anything. trying to help us, but we don't know who's talking and why and what is. Well, this it's narrative. Gail, right? I un- I understood it to be Gail. Uh, I think it our, moves around, but that we don't understand together that we're yes, not on the problem. same page is a problem. But they mentioned the mule. Right. And the mule is a character in the second book. And I don't want to give it away, but it's much more of a story. I get, I mean, it's much more Mm. of a story that's based on characters and what characters do and want and what happens to them, which is what Mm. most of us humans understand to be story. (laughs) Right. Which is not what foundation or the things it's based on really are. Fall, the decline and fall is not story. It's trying to give some account of what happened. And the other thing that's interesting to know about the foundation book itself is. It's weird. I'm reading at the same time as Dune, and you and I are going to talk about Dune. No spoilers, but mm-hmm. like, also books are great, Jen. I'm having a real books are great, and this is also a <laughs> fascinating moment. Yeah, <laughs> but like both Dune and Foundation do this thing where there's like snippets of texts from the futures in which the books are written to say that this all yes. stuff has already happened. Like we're in right. the we're in the past tense as we're doing all this stuff. 
So it gives us a sense of gravity and like, this is what matters. This is, you're reading it like a history. Mm. And maybe that could work. Well, actually, Dune's narrative is different, but it's that paratextual stuff is giving it the weight of like, this is real and this has already happened and inevitability and it's important mm-hmm. and it's this embedded world building. Because not only do like, we have words for different kinds of ships, but like, there's multiple texts that have ana- analyzed all this crap. That's yeah, happening, yeah. Which adds a certain depth, I think, to some degree. But that a lot of that's mostly jettisoned in book two because Asimov is like, oh, this is popular. I write one of these. I'll write a story, and he's a good storyteller of a science, you know, hugely influential. Not a surprise. But if somehow they can get people either to get through season one or forget it, I think <laughs> season two. Could be remarkable. Maybe they'll learn some mm. stuff. I don't know. What the notes were given in these meetings, I have zero. They were like, yep, yeah. this is working, Dave. You got, you, <laughs> you really dialed this. I, I can't imagine. I don't, what did they say? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. I have no idea. Like, God forbid it was even messier before they did some editing. Like, who knows what <sighs> well, it looked like I don't, before they, it hit the screens. They were trying but... clearly to say, I think they certainly recognized that to get the kind of hit or prestige or get awards or whatever, whatever they were trying to do with this story, foundation couldn't do it. The the foundation right. text, just a straight adaptation or even lightly modified to make more sense or, you know, to, to, to satisfy, wasn't going to work. And the backflips that they're doing to try yeah. to make it work is like, what if you just worried about backflips? That's right, okay. Right. Yeah, I don't right. know. I don't know. I, yeah. I'd be curious. Have you read any critical response? I mean, I, I've avoided everything, so it could be that I'm completely wrong and be like, "This is the next hot thing, and it's going to be great." Or I could believe that, like, "Oh my God, it's a complete and unmitigated disaster." I don't think it's either of those things, but I, I fall yeah. somewhere in the middle. I have not read any of the critiques mm-hmm. yet because I was trying to come to this with just like a personal take. Uh, but we will yep. certainly, if I find some good ones uh, before the show goes live, I'll drop them in the show notes. And I'm sure Sharif and I will revisit. Yeah, uh, I'd be curious as, to hear as things what you guys go along. But it. it's a, uh, it is, it's a real. You know, th- I was trying to explain because Roger was asking me. So he also comes from a theater background, and he mm. was like, "I don't understand the stakes from scene to scene. Like, I don't. There don't seem to be any stakes." For a lot of these, it's like nobody's trying to get anything. Nobody wants anything. It's just like, here's some information. And now we're moving on to the next scene. And I was like, well, you know, the stakes of the whole are huge, right? Like we're trying to prevent the collapse of civilization. Like that's Mm -hmm. those are the big stakes. Those are the overarching, like all consuming stakes. But he's not wrong in that, like from scene to scene, what anybody is trying to accomplish under that level is is pretty opaque. It's completely opaque. And the fall of civilization over the course of a thousand years is a weird stake to care about in a story. No, it is. It's a weird stake to care about, right? I mean, it's a very hard thing to, I was thinking about, I was trying to think of an analogy, like what would, what would it be a good analogy? And the one I came up with, and I, I want you to try this on for size is like, I think maybe the metaphor to think about is like climate change. Right, mm. psychohistory is climate change in some degree because you've got scientists saying, if we don't do some stuff, this is going to be real bad. And in fact, it's going to be bad no matter what. But it'll be right. way less bad if we, you know, stop driving SUVs or something. You know, insert right. you know various things here. And the time scale that so those of us living now will not be the greatest beneficiaries of what we do now down the road. Right. right. It's just true. Right. If it, yeah. the, the people won't, we won't even know what we did for people in a hundred years because we, we'd That's be right. dead. And maybe our grandkids or whoever will be around and they could say, thanks so much, um, Jeff and Jen for, for, uh, eating, not eating cows. 
but what is what what's a climate change story that you're going to tell? If you're writing right. a book that's fiction now about climate change over the next hundred years, what story? You t- what is the story? I think you'd actually end up something weirdly like Foundation. You give these little <laughs> vignettes over time that says right. here's something that happened and here was, a- but in an hour long show that's trying to care about character and give us interpersonal dynamics. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that's the right hammer for this particular nail. Um, yeah. But not to say that it's not, it's an interesting question. It's an interesting social question. It's an interesting political question. It's a moral question. How right. much should I care about people that exist in a thousand years? Pretty good right. question. What should I do? It seems like 29,000 years of, of darkness is way worse than 1,000 years. But, sure. But it's still thousand, thousands. It's still a thousand yeah. years. So maybe we shouldn't worry about it. Like, in a kind of weird human way that makes sense to me, to something to, to wonder about. And that way, I think it's more like speculative fiction than even science fiction. Like, what if we did, what if we had this knowledge mm. that if we did mm. this thing and how would it actually play out? Because have we seen over the last two years, just because you have good science that says, if you do X, then Y, some people are like, I don't want to do Y. Right. But why, why should right. I do Y? How do you know why? Right. What if I believe in a different Y? It's like, it, that part feels relevant, but like on a individual character scale, yeah. I don't know how you that they're not the right substrate to to explore right. that kind of stuff, I don't think. Right. Um right. well now I can't stop thinking about if they had done it like anthology black mirror style and what that might have looked like instead. But I guess uh we'll never know. Well, we won't know. <laughs> or maybe I mean, here's the thing. This is not one of those adaptations that you can say, Well, they did it. They adapted Foundation, they hit it out of no, the park. Oh, right. Unlike, say, I don't know, well, the Lord of the Rings series, for example. Like sure. it would be hard to get saddled up emotionally, energetically, financially to be like, let's redo Peter Jackson's adaptation yeah. because it was it was the story. I, I know we're running out of time. I've got one more idea to throw at you. One more question. Okay. For you. Can I do that real quick? Yes, go for it. I wonder if there's another utility about scrambling the book so much. And that is, we literally don't know what's going to happen. Mm. And how much of like modern fandom is about guessing what's going to happen that if you're doing a straight adaptation of Foundation and people knew that, there would be no room for surprise, right? Mm. What's the last adaptation that was just kind of representing on screen what happened on the page? I'm going back to Hunger Games, maybe? That was actually just a straight adaptation? Like Watchmen, for example, like that's a remix. Game of Thrones, the books weren't out, so like literally each episode was a new, like anything could happen at that moment. Right. And I wonder what utility, what the internet, what our sort of mainstream culture's attitude would be about something it's like, if I want to find out what happened, I can just go read the book or probably more accurate, ask someone on my Reddit message board that I follow what actually happened. I don't in the know, book. though, because I mean, think about how like Lord of the Rings is a great example. That was a straight up adaptation and nobody cares. They just want to watch it over and over and over again because I, I you love that's this. Right. I just wonder you love if the that... story so much. And I, but but uh, that's the key point, though. People love that story. Right. People don't love foundation. Right. People don't right. Uh, like I think all the things that people have enough affection for that they just want to see a version of it on screen. I think we used them all up. <laughs> well, we haven't, right? Because there are there are certainly properties that are I'm just waiting for somebody to do a visual version of for my Yeah, own no, but like at scale sake. where the name itself will get people to watch in a, in a way to mean. justify a billion mean. dollar investment in yes. an IP. Yeah, 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 fair enough. Yeah. I that's an interesting it's an interesting point. I mean, if I'm Apple, I'm banking on 
We want to make a prestige sci-fi show that has name recognition, but mm-hmm. like we don't, it's not that like, oh, and you have to have read the books to get into this. Right. Like we, I would assume that they are aiming at, oh yeah, I've heard of Isaac Asimov and Foundation. Maybe I know the books, maybe I don't, but like that must be an interesting show. Like that is my guess. As I to guess. Who, I don't you know. know. I think. I could my, be wrong. I could be where wrong. Where I see it from today, no, sh- seeing what they did. I think they wildly overestimate the the Q rating of the idea of Foundation or Asimov. That's just mm. that's just me. I think they someone was like, "This is an IP that we can buy because we're Apple and what we have is money, right? Right? And here's an IP we can get the rights to. It's been sitting around. There's not a there's not a canonical version of it. Let's go because yeah. here's the other thing: if it takes off, these things are almost invaluable, like literally invaluable. Oh, Game yeah. of Thrones to HBO or the you know Spider Man to the MCU, like. Right. On the other hand, they're hard to make and you're going to, it's like VC money almost. Like most right. of these are going to fail, but the one yeah. that makes it can make your platform. Like right. what's, I, I, Stranger Things, Baby yeah. Yoda, how much would you pay yeah. in hindsight to know you were going to, would Star Wars pay $10 billion for Baby Yoda now? Absolutely they would. I, I would almost right. guarantee they would. But on the other hand, we know everyone's slagging on Rise of Skywalker. So the, the stakes right. are high and the failure rate's really high. I'm. I find the whole thing completely compelling, and I'm watching almost like that one of those popcorn gifts, like from week to week. Now. Like, okay, what what kinds of contortions are going to happen to get this to feel like Game of Thrones, but also be Foundation? Oh, that looks painful. Oh, that must have been hard. Oh, that didn't work. Uh, that's where I am right now. I, I'm so I like appreciate that, you giving though. me a chance. Yeah, I appreciate you giving me a chance to come spew about it because I, Michelle, could not care. She's like, I, I, that looks like the most boring thing I've ever seen. Now here's here's one too. This is my brother's favorite book. Oh. On the, the day that the the thing came out, I said Happy Foundation Day. We have not texted one word to each other <gasps> about it. I'm very upset for him because I can't imagine yeah. that he's very happy about this, which is fine. But it, I think that's 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 an important piece of it's telling. The puzzle. It's telling. Can you yeah. have people email you guys and say if they've never read it? And they watched it, what they think. And then yes. can you DM me in Slack about that? Can I ask that? One, well, I was going to say, so first of all, yes, if you are listening and you have opinions, please share them with us, F- SFF, yeah, at bookriot.com. Jeff, also, I need you to text your brother about this and find out. We're going to call if this, because I, I'm okay. going to, what I'm going to do when this, when does this show come out? We're recording on the 14th. Uh, when does this come out? Yes, it will come out next Wednesday, whatever okay. day of the month that is. So. I'm going to text him the link and say, okay, here's, if you want to know what I think about foundation, then we'll, then we'll follow up. That will be our shared text rather than. All right. All right. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Fair enough. All right. Well, we'll report back uh, as much as we are able and uh, very curious to hear all of your opinions on this as well. Uh, so, so, well, let's wrap it up. So thanks go out to our sound editor, Natalie Baker. Many thanks to her for making us sound great each and every episode. Uh, Jeff, thank you so oh, much for coming for on and, and talking me. about I had this. so much to say. I, I, I feel so much better now. <laughs> you got it off your chest. I did. I did. All right. Well, if you want more book recommendations, and also we talk about adaptations pretty regularly, you can have that at bookriot.com. You can also find our other podcasts at bookriot.com slash listen. And Jeff, 
Aren't you on a podcast? You're on a podcast. I am. Rebecca and I actually on the Book Riot podcast just recorded um, the main, the only thing we talked about is it's kind of a 10-year state of the Book Riot union and books and media and publishing and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So if you're interested in macro level stuff, um, we, we got into it a little bit there too. Newsletters, email, baby. It's like the graduate, you know, I say plastics. The thing someone should have pulled me aside <laughs> in 2011 and said to me is like, I got one worry, one word for you, kid. Email. And I'd be like, what? Email. <laughs> it is wild. It's wild. It's wild stuff. All right. Thank you all for listening. As we said, email us, sffia at bookriot.com. Thank you for your continued feedback and pet pictures. We super appreciate them. Speaking of feedback, we appreciate if you would take the time to review us on Apple Podcasts. We love that. It helps other people to find the show, and we do like to see those come in. And in between shows, you can find us other places. Uh, I am on Twitter and Tumblr as Jen IRL, J-E-N-N-I-R-L, and on Instagram as I am Jen IRL. Jeff, where should people find you when Please don't. they're not listening to this? <laughs> There's nothing for you there. Pictures of my kids. You don't care. It's fine. <laughs> you can find them on the Book Riot podcast. That's where you can find them. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's, that's, that's where if you want to hear more of my ramblings, you can go over there too. Yeah. All right. And we will talk to you next time. 